It is the Frank and Friends Show. Hi there, I'm Frank Murphy. Today, a special episode. We're obviously doing it on Zoom because we're going to talk with Russell Hitchcock of the band Air Supply. And I will admit that I am a fan of Air Supply and I've seen them in concert three times. And some of those stories are are worth mentioning. And we'll hear all about Air Supply's new single that's coming out and their upcoming show on Sunday at the Nicewanger Performing Arts Center in Greenville. You get your tickets. Well, actually, they're very low uh, ticket alert. So get them quick at npacgreenville.com. Of course, we do appreciate your uh, liking, watching, sharing, subscribing to the Frank and Friends show. Whether you listen on any of the audio podcast apps, we appreciate that. Or especially if you can help us get to a thousand YouTube subscribers by Christmas, that is our goal. And I think we can do it. So hit the subscribe button on YouTube and gently smash that bell for notifications. <laughs> Uh, right before Russell comes on, I'll also remind you that our merch, our fabulous Frank and Friends show merch, whether it's the mugs, I don't know if uh, I have really room to show the whole the whole beach towel here on Zoom, but you know, you get the idea. Uh, we have all that stuff for you at frankandfriendsshow.com slash store. All right, let's get on with it. Russell Hitchcock from the band Air Supply. What a joy to welcome Russell Hitchcock to the Frank and Friends show. Hi, Russell. How are you? Very well, thank you. Oh, I'm happy to have you on the show. I'll admit uh, right up front that uh, I enjoy Air Supplies music. I have since I remember hearing Lost in Love 40 plus years ago, and uh, I've seen you at concert three times. And there's some stories that go with that. Uh, And I also right up front want to mention that uh, you and Graham and the band Air Supply will be performing at the Nicewanger Performing Arts Center in Greenville, Tennessee on Sunday. And I want you to notice I subscribe to their brochure in the mail. So I get all the, the whole season. So this has been out for a few months now, and they put you guys in the most prominent position on the brochure. And rightly so. Rightly so. I mean, look, you, they made you guys, you're bigger than Kansas. You know? there you go. <laughs> so yeah. I, I've been uh, thrilled to, to think about you guys coming to town. Thank you. We actually played a show with Kansas in the Dominican Republic many years ago. Great experience. Great guys, too. Because you guys really, Air Supply really truly is a touring band. I mean, you do 130 plus gigs a year. Um, I mean, I know we all got locked down for a while, but you guys seem to have bounced back and you're just picked up this tour schedule like nothing happened. Well, you know, we've, we're very lucky. We've, we've had a great um, legion of fans over the years and they still come back to see us. The no airheads. <laughs> yeah, we call them the airheads, but that's a, that's a compliment for them. Um, and we have, you know, that's what we've always considered ourselves. Yeah. Since uh, we started in 1975, um, the COVID situation was the only time we'd been off the road uh, in in forty seven years, so wow. it was uh, it was quite an adjustment to, to say the least. And uh, of course, we were all uh, r- raging to get back on the road again because that's our life, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then you guys put on an amazing show. We're going to talk a bit about that. But I also know that from seeing on Facebook, you and um, your partner had hand puppets. You, know, you and Graham had these puppets going <laughs> with. Uh, though I guess of yourselves to announce a new air supply single for the first time in ten years. Well, the the uh, interesting thing, thing about the puppets was we did a um, a Zoom call with a, a young lady, Sandy. I can't remember her last name. She's twelve years old. Ah. she has a blog with her puppet Anna Lynn, and uh, so they interview celebrities. And she came to our show in New York last week, and she brought puppets of you know Graham and I. So, <laughs> We thought just for a laugh, we'd uh, announce the new single to our fans uh, yes. using the 
and it, it got quite a, a, a very positive reaction. And if I read the puppet's lips correctly, the song is called <laughs> Be Tough. Yes, yes. It's actually, uh, it's air supply, obviously, from start to finish with the, with the, with the melodies and the, the vocals and stuff, but it's a, it's a beautiful song. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to having it released in a couple of weeks. And that is kind of the magic of Air Supply is, you know, you both are comfortable in your roles. You know, you as the singer and Graham as the songwriter. I mean, he he's a great songwriter, obviously. And I've heard you say that you're not. <laughs> well, and he, he doesn't you know, want to be the lead singer and you do. Well, you know, that's a fact. Early on in the piece, um, I discovered that I couldn't write songs um, and... If you've got someone like him to work with, I mean, why bother? Yeah, uh, it's so, they're all so brilliant. Yeah, and as you said, he doesn't want to be the lead singer. Um, so it's one of the reasons, I think, for our longevity is that we never, we never step on each other's toes. We, uh, he does what he does, I do what I do, and when we put the two together, it's a great mix. And there's an anecdote about songwriting, I guess, right before you guys uh, broke into the U.S. market and you're popular in Australia. Um, there was a line. What was it in? Uh, I'm all out of love. I want to arrest you. And Clive Davis had to say, hey, guys, in America, that means something different. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it was actually um, in if you like have the literal French meaning, it means stop. Yes. Um, and that was a bit. Yes, very good. But it was a bit too lofty <laughs> for Clive. So. Um, obviously we're glad we changed or he changed the lyric and it yeah. went on to, to become, um, you know, probably our biggest hit ever, I think worldwide. Oh, and it's so, so good. And now I've noticed, and I watched a uh, Facebook live from just the other day that where you guys were performing, you sound just as good on that as you did all three times that I've seen you in concert, which were all more, I mean, once in the nineties and then uh, twice in the 2010s. So it's not like, I'm not, I'm not talking about long, long time ago. I'm talking about, you right. guys, especially you, well, both of you, have kept your voices in shape. You still sound like Air Supply, and I mean that as the highest compliment. Yep. Because I, I have seen two other uh, classic hits artists in the 2010s, uh, Dennis DeYoung and then um, Danny Hutton from Three Dog Night. And I was able to introduce those shows. I was fronting the shows. So okay. I got to see them and, and talk to them a little bit backstage. They put so much effort and so much care into protecting their voice. And then when they walk out on stage, you can see that it's worth it. I sense that about Air Supply also, that you guys walk out on stage and you're like, whoa, those guys care about what they do. And they want to make sure that they sound exactly the way the fans expect. Well, you know, our obligation is to put on the best show we can. Yeah. And I appreciate, especially in recent times, uh, people spend well-earned money to come and see it doesn't matter whether it's us or anybody yeah um and it's expensive these days to see any show and if you want to get the best tickets it's way more expensive right right. which incidentally we have a lot of uh um, probably complaints about uh fans writing and saying you know you guys shouldn't charge as much for your tickets and air supply doesn't set the ticket prices at all it's the venue yeah we, we get paid a fee and then the venue does what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Ticketmaster does what they want to do. Yep. Um, anyway, that's by the by. Well, that's been um, a controversy lately with Bruce Springsteen tickets in some areas because yeah. Ticketmaster has new policies that uh, the fans weren't aware about. And all of a sudden the ticket prices are fluctuating wildly for these Springsteen tickets. Yeah. And Bruce yeah. is like, I, that, I didn't do that. So you're, yeah. you're well, saying the same thing. You know, it's hard because uh, the buck stops at the, at the artist, of course. obviously. And uh, a lot of people think that, you know, we make the rules 
about pricing. Uh, people say to us, why don't you come and play such and such a venue or such and such a country? And it's the same thing. We have to be invited first. Yeah, We have to do a deal that makes sense for the venue and us. Um, it's not as easy as, you know, picking out a spot and saying, we're going to play the next weekend. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope uh, you enjoy, I know you'll enjoy the Nice Walker Performing Arts Center in Greenville. It is an absolutely gorgeous facility. I've been there multiple times to see shows and, you know, every seat is comfortable. The acoustics are great. I mean, you guys, I know, are going to rock the house from experience, having seen you before. Um, but I also know that uh, being in the South, being in, in Tennessee, really isn't that much of a stretch because you have lived on and off in Georgia for years. Well, I lived there for a few years. I'm back in Southern, sunny Southern California now. Oh, okay. And I, I feel much more, you know, at home there. I mean, I lived there for 30 years on and off. Yeah. Um, but I'm back there and uh, that's where I'll be uh, for the rest of my days. Hopefully a long time from now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, being in the South, you, you like the, I'm assuming, are the, so I'm, not, I'm a Northerner who has moved to the South by choice and I'm, I love it here. Um, okay. Just everything about the hospitality, the comfort, uh, it's well, I mean, that's, you know, Southern hospitality is certainly not just a, a pie in the sky thing. It, it yeah. exists to a very large degree. Um, and I loved living in Georgia just for the, for the uh, amount of trees you can see. Yeah. I mean, in LA, you get off the plane, it's all <laughs> flat and built up. Here, you get off the, the, the airplane to go anywhere, and uh, two minutes out of the airport, you're in forest. That's right. Which is great. So it's it has its pluses certainly, but uh, you know my heart's in California, and that's where that's where I'll be. Well, the time I got to meet you, we were in Glendale, California, and I'm in person. I'm going to talk about that uh, coming up in a moment. But I also want to go back to the beginning, 1975. I mean, you can actually quote the date off the top of your head. Um, was it May the twelfth, May the twelfth, nineteen seventy-five, when you yeah. and Graham Russell met each other at Jesus Christ Superstar rehearsals. I've always mm-hmm. enjoyed that show. I mean, I remember my uh, my dad came home with the concept album um, before it was even a show. And it's a tradition for me to listen to that every year around Easter time. So as I'm listening right. to it, I'm trying to figure out, let's see. Well, he didn't play Caiaphas <laughs> because Caiaphas no. is the guy with the deep voice. Good <laughs> life for me, yeah. So I'm curious. I mean, there are a lot of tenor parts. I actually looked it up. You could have been. Jesus, Judas, Herod, Simon, Zealots, or three of the priests are all tenor roles. So what would you, what did you guys play? Well, I was initially just in the chorus, uh-huh. which being, a, you know, uh, uh, an apostle and a leper and a merchant and all those ah, things. Because, I mean, yeah, I at this point, you're very young. It's 1975. Yeah, well, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't very young, but I was a lot younger than I am now. <laughs> um, but I ended up understudying Jesus and Judas and Simon and Annas. Oh, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I got to play Judas, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 times. Um, in fact, I have a, uh, a great story. I, I got to play Jesus once, uh-huh. and um, it's a, a fantastic part, obviously. Yes. And after the show, the producer was backstage, very um, gregarious kind of guy, and uh, he said, uh, I saw the show tonight, Russell. I said, yeah, oh, thanks. What did you think? And he, and he said to me, uh, your voice is incredible, mm-hmm. but nobody wants to see Jesus with an afro. <laughs> so you're not, you're not doing it anymore. And I said, well, thanks. At least I got to do it once, you know. I mean, come on, Godspell. The Jesus character, where's uh, – I mean, it's, it's been done. All right. Well, that's funny. Well, that's it, a great story in Australia, though. 
if you'd seen the guy that played a Jesus, who's still a good friend of mine, uh, he was the epitome of what uh, the perception of Jesus is. So I was oh, okay. so far away from that. that uh, wasn't- <laughs> well, I do love that show. And I want to uh, talk about the three times that I've seen you in concert because, you know, it's my show and I can bring those up. Um, one was here in Knoxville, Tennessee. You guys performed at the Tennessee Valley Fair to a sold out crowd of several thousand people. And it was an amazing show as I expected it to be because, I also was fortunate enough to see you one time at what's called the Children's Miracle Network Celebration in Orlando, Florida, which is a beautiful event where they bring in the, um, the special children from each children's hospital around the country right. and have a, like a pep rally for them. But they also bring in the goobers like me who do the radiothons and telethons, and we get some training in, in interesting media practices. Actually, we had an improv class. Uh, we get to do interviews with uh, the children, the mirror, you know, our own champion from our city and such and such. But then the, the capper, the headliner for the, the night is some fabulous band. I mean, one year it was the Osmonds. And then the year before that or after that, it was air supply. And I made sure to be in the room for that. I wanted to see it. And it was even in this hotel ballroom, you, we, you, we were transported to, um, a, a rock arena and you guys put on a rock show. That's another thing that I'm very proud of in Graham's as well. And the guys in the band that uh, a lot of people that come and see us for the first time are under the misconception that it's going to be acoustic guitars and mm-hmm. very quiet. But it's a full-on rock show. Um, and I, I I think worn is the wrong word to use, but make sure the people that come along and see us know it's yeah. going to be loud and it's, it's going to be energetic and it's going to be dynamic. Yeah, uh, We try and, you know, start the show at a certain level and have it uh, keep moving to a – you know, a great climax at the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, we work very hard at that. And, uh, yeah, you show yeah, up on time and you work hard. <laughs> we show up on time. We don't, we don't cuss on stage. So we're perfect for everybody. Yes. Now it's funny you mentioned the acoustic guitar because that actually segues perfectly into the story I want to share with you. This would go back to 1995. And I'm working at an alternative rock station in Los Angeles, KROQ. It's a, one, at oh, yeah. the time, one of the most famous, most influential rock stations in America. And I'm on the comedy morning show. So Kevin and Bean are the hosts. Jimmy Kimmel is the comedy writer on the show. And I'm the producer. And we would plan and prepare bits all the time for the show. And um, it, this is around the time we'd had um, Tony Bennett had made a, I can't say comeback, but made an appeal to younger audiences by appearing at a K-Rock Christmas concert. And this is that he was in 93 or 94. So you can imagine he went on to another, you know, extra long career by singing yeah. with all those other things that he's done. We had yeah. Brian Setzer coming in to change, you know, to his image. And we, we did a bit one time with The Knack where they had, were on a soundtrack and um, for some movies, some uh, well, there's Reality Bites, maybe some movie. They had a, My Sharona was in it. So the Knack is going to perform at a, at a K-Rock event, even though, you know, we haven't played the Knack on K-Rock at this point in 20, almost 20 years. So right. um, David Millman was a guy who would listen to KROQ, and he was associated with many great artists, including he had some connection to Air Supply at the time. And he told us that maybe Air Supply could do something for K-Rock. And, you know, Jimmy is a wise guy. Kevin and Bean are wise guys. We all are. And we're thinking, oh, what could we do? We could have, I know, wouldn't it be funny if we had them to come out with their acoustic guitars? Because we had that misconception. We were under the misconception that Air Supply is going to come out with acoustic guitars. And it's going to be like um, 
you know, Stephen Bishop in Animal House singing, uh, I'm all out of love. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and we thought, oh, we could put them in one of our quarterly singles parties. Every three months, we did a singles party, and each one had a different theme. It's like we reinvented the wheel practically every time. We did a prom. We did um, a cruise. And Jimmy, being a wise guy, said, we're going to do a loser's singles party on Valentine's Day. <laughs> and um, so I, the idea is maybe we can get Air Supply to play it. So I tell this to David Millman. He's like, well, it sounds funny and the guys have a good sense of humor. But David says, I'm not going to tell them, Frank, you got to go tell them. And he gives me an address of a recording studio in Glendale. And I drive over there and I have a one, a two on one meeting with the great Graham Russell and Russell Hitchcock. And I've got to pitch you on this idea of performing at an Elks Lodge where we're serving macaroni and cheese. And we've got the world's worst stand up comedian as your opening act. And would you do it? And here's what it's going to entail. And I, I mean, I would love to say that I was a great salesman, but I also think you guys just thought, oh, it'll be a lark. It'll be fun. Let's do it. So I'm elated. We're, we're fantastic. So we start putting promos on the air, but we played the promos straight, you know, coming in concert to the Elks Lodge in uh, La Mirada, Air Supply, and then a clip of the song. But we just played it. We, it was produced the same as if it were as a promo for Stone Devil Pilots. We just, but it was Air Supply. <laughs> well, you guys must have heard it. I don't know if you remember any of this, but uh, somebody, somebody uh, in your organization said, oh, this is pretty fun. And I start getting calls and saying, I know they agreed to an acoustic set. However, we're going to add an electric guitar. I'm like, okay, no problem. So I contact the people and blah, blah, electric guitar. Then I get another call a few weeks, a uh, few days later. Hey, uh, we need, uh, we're going to put in, bring drums, bring drums. Okay, next thing. And then next thing you know, it's a full back line. And then by the time we get to the event on Valentine's night, it's the full show, the full band. And it turns out that this Elks Lodge had a pretty decent stage. And you guys walked out on stage. And I got to tell you, every person in that audience, and they would all would have been in their, you know, probably 20s and 30s. So if you think about it, when they were in middle school and high school, you guys were hitting the top of the chart the song after song after song so they knew every song they're singing along there we were we were you know what we were russell we were lost in love that's what we were <laughs> haven't heard that one before it was one of the best nights of my life thanks to air supply awesome. well that's very kind of you um you know we have a great uh graham always says this in interviews we don't take ourselves seriously whatsoever yeah and, um we take the music very seriously in fact, we did uh, Mark and Brian once. Yes. And they had a... I worked with them, too. And you guys looked like Mark and Brian, by the way, at right, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in fact, I was at a McCartney concert, I think, and I bumped into... Who's the tall guy? Brian. And Brian. Yeah. And I said, introduced myself, and and uh, he said, you know, it was very nice, a bit... Uh, kind of brushed me off a little, because I don't think he thought that I knew who I am. And the next day, he... On his show, he said, I was at the McCartney show last night. And this guy comes up and he says he's sang with Air Supply. And uh, and he goes, I don't really think it was him. And anyway, the other dude said, yeah, that's him. And he was kind of freaked out. Anyway, segue to, they asked us if we'd play in the morning. And they had a, uh, a bikini contest for <laughs> women who were pregnant more than seven months. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think they had the same kind of attitude. Let's get air supply on. Yeah. We'll make a bit of, make a bit of, have a bit of fun with them and at yeah. their expense. And of course, it was the same situation. We started to play and it was game over. So, um, right. You know, 
never underestimate never underestimate air supply. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the bit we were doing, I definitely didn't want it to be at your expense because you know here I am, if you will, the closeted air supply fan on the staff, right? So I'm I'm looking out for air supply, but I also I'm also a fan of the deadpan comedy going back to you know Naked Gun and Batman, where you yeah, just yeah. play it straight. You right. don't uh, poke fun at at the at the artist. Everyone's just does it like it's like this is normal. This yeah. is what we do. We play it at Elks Lodges with macaroni and cheese and then and let the, the humor and the be in the situation. And then yeah. we're all playing our parts as if it's this is what we do. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I know um, uh, you're ready for Nicewanger Performing Arts Center coming up on Sunday evening in yes. Greenville, Tennessee. NPACGreenville.com is the website. Uh, there's a low ticket alert. I got the notification from the venue that there's only a handful of tickets left, but you want to make sure you grab those up. Um, what uh, You've got multiple shows uh, in the South coming up this weekend. Um, yeah, we're in Fayetteville, Georgia, and then uh, Huntsville, Alabama, and then come to see you guys. Beautiful. So, um, and what's, what's in the, down the road? I mean, the, the new single is coming out in what, less than two weeks now. Called yes, Be hopefully. Tough. Fingers crossed. It's always a bit of a crapshoot. Called it's Be Tough. Be yeah. Be Tough. Yeah. It's a great song. Graham Russell composition. Beautiful. Um, produced by a guy called Jay Rustin. Had a great, in fact, we're in a studio that, uh, that was, uh, it's a brand new one in Los Angeles. Nobody, it doesn't have a name. It's so new. <laughs> but, uh, they, they should this, call it the guy, Air Supply Studio. <laughs> uh, no, no. This guy that owns it, uh, he has some equipment that's mind-boggling. He has one of John Lennon's a Vox amplifier heads. He Brian Jones's Mellotron. My gosh. Uh, the the uh, board that was recorded on was from uh, Abbey Road. McCartney recorded. Uh, wow. I think Band on the Run or something, a couple of other things. So it's a very history equipment studio. Yeah. It certainly adds to the uh, to the experience. We were all, you know, we, our chins were on the floor when this guy was showing us all the different pieces of equipment that he had. Was, um, oh, he wanted, he's got one of Bill Wyman's bass guitars. Wow. So you're um, mentioning a lot of Stones and Beatles, but, and it says right in like yeah. the second, second line of Air Supply's bio, met at Jesus Christ Superstar, discovered they were both huge Beatles fans. It's like that's oh, the yeah, second yeah. thing in there. Um, obviously, it's true. You, you're you're talking. You, I can see it in your face talking about oh. the the piece of equipment that Paul McCartney recorded "Band on the Run." <laughs> yeah. Well, we I went to I went to Paul McCartney's first. It, in fact, it was the first concert that he played in the U.S. where he started to play Beatles songs again. Oh wow! I think it was in '87, and um, I went with a friend of mine, and it was obviously very exciting and. My friend said, when was the last time you saw Paul McCartney? And I said, uh, 1964 with the Beatles in Melbourne. And uh, he's, he had your expression. So I've, wow. uh, I was there from the beginning seeing them. And we just, my wife and I just went to see McCartney in Baltimore a couple yeah. of months ago. And uh, I was once again blown away. Three hours on stage, no breaks. Amazing. Played 37 songs and uh, blew everybody's mind. He even came through Knoxville, Tennessee on that tour and performed at our basketball arena, the Thompson Bowling Arena. I mean, and just an amazing, amazing show. And then you know, yeah, had yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the video de- uh, video duet with John Lennon that surprised a lot of people. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was a very touching moment, you know. Mm. Wow. And also, when you mentioned seeing the Beatles in Melbourne in 1964, you discovered in your early conversations with Graham that he saw them in England in 1964. Yep. Um, that was, you know, we 
started rehearsing on the 12th of May and I met him. But uh, it wasn't until a few days later that we actually got to have a yeah. chat with him. And uh, we had so much in common for those of uh, who are watching this that don't know. Our birthdays are only four days apart. And um, we we just had the same taste. I mean, the Beatles, uh, yeah. we were both Beatles perverts. And we had the same, <laughs> because we're English and Australian, we have the same kind of sense of humour. Yeah, yeah. We liked the same foods at the time, same kind of movies. So it was really a match made in heaven. Um, and, yeah, and it's been a great relationship. Oh, you know, never had an argument uh, because there was no need to. Yeah. Plus, plus he's six foot four, so I'd be <laughs> on the giving end if anything got serious. And you're smart enough to give each other space. He lives in Utah. You live in California. You know, it's not like you're worrying about the old the old classic line from, I think it was Van Halen or some other band, I hate the way you chew. They've gotten yeah. so irritated with each other from being cramped up. <laughs> well, actually, so you're, you're smarter than him, and I'm going to take that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're very excited about all of these things. Um, seeing you guys in concert, still going strong as air supply. I mean, for the foreseeable future. I mean, you just you can't. St- why would you stop if you're still at the top of your game? There's no, you know, just keep going. We always say to each other, we're going to keep doing it as long as people want to see it. Yeah, see us, and as long as we feel good about doing it. So we have well, no have- reason to stop now. I have to ask, I mean, everyone probably has a favorite Air Supply song, and you must hear this from every single person who interviews you or every single fan who comes up. Um, but I'll put my vote in, and it sounds crazy to me to say it, but it's my Lost in Love, the first Air Supply song I ever heard, is still my number one favorite. When it, you know, If I put it on random and I hear all the other ones, I'm like, oh, that's nice, oh, that's nice. But I'm waiting for the, you know, that lush sound. It's like, it, it's like a, a surround it's like an orchestra. It's, it's a symphony of music. It yep. just hits you with everything all at once. The voices, yep. the instrumentation. Yep. Agreed. Well, that's, I have two favorites. Um, all out of love is my favorite. Um, and it's become our anthem. Really. Apparently that's the correct answer. You got the bell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my favorite, but lost in love is my second because it was a big hit in Australia in 1978. And it took two years to get to the U S and Clive Davis. But once it was released worldwide, it was uh, the beginning of this this journey that we continue after, you know, nearly five decades, and it uh, oh, has a very special place in my heart. Well, as well it should. Uh, Russell Hitchcock, I so much appreciate your taking time out of your busy day uh, to spend time with us here on the Frank and Friends Show, talking about Sunday's concert at the Nicewanger Performing Arts Center. Check them out; there they are. It's yep. um, I, you know I watch even watch some of your videos, by the way, to prepare for this uh, this interview. Air supply videos, or as I like to call them, Hitchcock films. Uh, we hey, <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> so you can do all that and go see them. Uh, NPACgreenville.com is the website. Make sure I get that right. It's not uh, something else. Yeah, that's right. Will, will we see you on at the show? I hope so. I mean, if I've got to, I've got to get online and get my tickets. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> There's a low ticket well, alert. Make sure you come back and see us backstage. Love to say hi. I would. I really, t- truly appreciate your time. I mean, I know I'm, I'm gushing a little bit like a fan. Yeah, but, that's mm. cool. It's much more fun to do an interview with a fan. <laughs> yeah, right. Because you know what you're talking about. Yeah, good point. Good point. Thank you so much. All right. Well, All regards right. to your family and your wife there and everyone else. And uh, Russell Hitchcock, Air Supply, thank you again. Thanks, mate. Appreciate right. it. Take care.